studying on Proverbs. Uh, I'm going to be starting with chapter 13 and verse 1. I'm not going to hold you very long tonight, uh, but uh, I, as I was preparing for this message and, and going over this, the material that I had, uh, the Lord was, was, was as, as He always does, was preparing me to, to be able to, to, to teach this. And, and, and what I read is actually a great, a great teaching about Proverbs. Solomon was a great man, a wise man. Uh, but one of the things, and hopefully Brother Robertson will not uh, get too upset with me because hopefully I'm not getting ahead of ourselves, but the theme for this coming up next year is in anticipating the, the sunset. And um, he asked us to get ready for the department head retreat, and we're supposed to kind of give a little overview of what, what our view or what, what, what our inspecting and, and getting ready for inspecting the sunset. And, of course, we're talking about the coming of Christ and coming of God and all this coming to a, to a closure and and with every thing that is, is happening in our in our country you know uh, this last election and things that are happening in our country folks it's 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 inevitable what's going to happen we that the God is coming back and 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 things are being put in place for for the end of the, all things for you know we we don't know the end we have studied revelations we have looked at the, the at the at the end of all things and we've tried to wrap our minds around it but, but folks we can't get mad at who's in the presidency we can pray for him and we can get but you know what this world is not my home i'm merely passing through I, i'm an american but before i'm an american i'm a child of god and and i you know and i want to go to heaven and i want to i want to go there and i want to take as many people as i possibly can and and one of the things in preparation and reading in proverbs uh, starting off with verse number 1 if you have your bibles turn there chapter 13 verse number 1 um, and one of the things that really brought this home um, we had a uh, a men's um, prayer meeting breakfast here about, here in the last few weeks and uh, one of the things i said and it was brought forth that it goes with this scripture. It says, A wise son heareth the, his father's instruction, but a scorner heareth not the rebuke. And I said something, and Brother Robertson concurred. In this day and age, and, and you can kind of sit back and kind of take this with tongue-in-cheek and what you think about it, but uh, I remember being brought up in, in this and, and knowing back and remembering back, preachers behind a pulpit used to call out people and used to used to say a lot more more buffering from the pulpit and in this day and age i found that and this is just what i take on it that it seems like the church and 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 people that are in the church are so sensitive to to and and can't take rebuke and they get so mad when a pastor or a man of god is trying to tell you something that could save your soul from going to hell and we wear our feelings on our sleeves when when we and and brother robertson brought it out and i and i actually remember this that there used to be a man that actually or pastor that or preacher minister that stood behind a pulpit and was called him was going to as an evangelist got behind a pulpit and was ready to preach and he turned to the to the pastor of that church and said i can't preach here there's adultery in this in this amongst the people he says well tell them and he spoke to the people and said there's adultery in in the midst of you and 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 after a few minutes two people came forth and they prayed through and they had revival but what if that happened today what if somebody all of a sudden brother robertson started calling out people and and, and you say well that i just get up and leave and and see that's what i'm saying if for us to be a church that is able to move forward and move to the direction of that we need to go we need not to be so 
sensitive and so having our feelings that somebody's going to offend, if it saves your soul, what does it matter? If it, if it, if it offends you that much, then we need to take back a step and realize what, what, what's really the issue at hand. If, if you were in a house that was burning and I came to you and said, hey, your house is on fire and that offended you, how can and you would stay in that house and burn to the ground and die? You know, I, I don't know about you, but I would rather be offended and still make heaven than, than to, to, to walk out on a pastor or walk out on a church because they rubbed you the wrong way. And I guarantee you that you probably can find fifteen other churches that will never offend you, that will never cause any problems in you, and you'll you'll end up. And I'm, I'm not saying this wrongly, but you'll end up backsliding on a pew and go to hell and think that you're right. So as we, as being wise sons, need to hear the instructions of my Father. And in other words, being obeyeth and heareth. Uh, there's a little hope for those that will not so much hear the rebuke, but the scorn to submit to the government or, or rule of a person is faithful to them. How can it be that men a fault to who will not be told of it? In other words, if you cannot heed to the, to, the, to the wisdom that our pastor giveth, then we need to take another look at ourselves. Proverbs number two, uh, 13 and 2, it says, A man shall eat good by the fruit of his mouth, but the soul of the transgressors shall, be, shall eat violence. Uh, I remember my uh, father saying, Be careful what you say, because the old saying, he got the, the uh, foot, and, foot and mouth disease. How many people ever have foot and mouth disease? I mean, ever had a fight with their wife or a friend, and instead of cooling off, you just spoke from your heart, got it all off your chest, and you walked away, and you thought, wow, that's great. And then you lost a friend because of it. I know that I've, I've how many, and this is the day and age that we live in, how many's ever gotten an email, and, and you read it, and, and it was, you thought that the person was, was offending you, and it was actually because there's no emotion with the, with the words that are coming across in an email, and you sit right down, and you type out an email, and you send it, and you, and rise your shoes, you click send, you go, oh my, what have I done? And, and so many times, we as Christians, and we as, as a, as a body, and I, and I want to say this, I love each and every one of you, and I, and I say this so many times, but, we are brothers and sisters, and I don't know about you, if you've ever had people have brothers and sisters, you get on each other's nerves. And we need to be more unsensitive to what we say to our brothers and sisters. Because sometimes, I, there was a, a man who used to be in this church a long time ago, and I, I remember talking to him, and I, I told him, I said, you can be right, but still be wrong. You can be so right... And know down in your heart that you know that you're right. But because of your attitude and the way you come across to somebody, you can be so wrong. And, and, and we need to be sensitive. How many people know the know-it-all? How many people, I, I have a, working with surgeons, I, 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 trust me, I know a lot of know-it-alls. And uh, a lot of times they'll... And my wife tells me I do this a lot, but a lot of times there's a subject that will come up that say I know, and somebody will start telling me, and, and, and there's some people who cut you off and say, I already know that. But I'm a type of person, I'll let somebody just go on and on and on about a subject that I, you know, they'll be telling me that the weather's going to be hot and cold or whatever, and, and, I, and I already know the weather forecast. But sometimes we've got to be sensitive and be aware of what people are trying to tell us because it's, it's, it's easier to, 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 to eat fruit, good fruit, and being able 
people to love one another than to get mad at each other. Because there's been people in this church that have, have sat on opposite ends of the pew and hated each other's guts and, and, and not, never liked each other because of a misunderstanding. And because they were, they, they were on the... And then finally, after years of not liking each other, they finally talk over the situation and come to find out the situation was something that was totally misastray or misunderstood. So be careful what you say. Uh, Proverbs uh, 13 and 3 says, He that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. Isn't that truth? How many people's ever uh, ever been right on the verge of a fight, men? And if you just would have kept your mouth shut, that, you know, sometimes, especially I could say this, my wife's not in here yet, you know, you just should have just walked in the other room and just kept kept your mouth shut. But you didn't. And he that kept he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. Amen. All the women say Amen. Amen. And but wife. Wife. The wife. Not Amen. But he that openeth the wide his lips shall be of destruction. And so many times, going back to what I said, just because, and I see this more in our church, and knowing that we have the gospel and knowing that we have the truth, but I say this so many times, just because you meet a coworker or somebody out, out in, the, in, in Walmart or wherever it might be, and you know the truth, be gentle when talking to them about the about your gospel or about the about the truth. Just because you know it, don't be a know-it-all. Don't constantly bash somebody over the head with your Bible just because you you feel like you're you, you're true and and this is the way it needs to be and and you you know my way or the highway and 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 you, you turn people off. They they will not listen to you if you constantly just bring it with both barrels and blast them. You you got to use it. Got to use kit gloves. You got to. You know, the old saying, you don't stick a, a, a big chunk of meat down a baby's mouth. You've got to be sensitive on what you do. And I believe that goes with he that keepeth his mouth keepeth his life. And, and being able to, to, to discuss it, not just in, in an, an argumentative, but be, but be productive in what you're talking about. Because the Word of God is not to be something of destruction. It's supposed to be that of life and, and nurturing and, and that of good things, good tidings. Uh, the soul, verse number four, the soul... Of a sluggard desire that he that hath nothing but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. And I want to ask this question, and uh, I'm sure Sister Evans will be the first to answer this, but and hopefully she will. But um, do you think that God? How many people's ever prayed for a ministry? You've always you've wanted, and you say you've desired the old saying to see a need, to feel a calling, to to see that. And how many people's ever? I mean. I know a lot of people say that they want to have a pulpit ministry or they have a certain desire. And how many, how many, if I see a show of hands, how many people's ever prayed that you would like to have a certain, say you wanted to play a keyboard or wanted to play the drums or you had a, a call, and yet but you never quite had the, the, the talents. Do you think, and I'm going to ask this question, do you think that God will withhold things from you on purpose? Now say that you do get that calling. That, that you say you pray to be behind this pulpit, and trust me, I would never. If I can give you any words to anybody, do not pray that. Because when you when you speak, and I remember Brother Potter telling me this, when you speak to be a man of God or a, a, a woman of God, every devil in hell will come against you. Every the old the old saying that every glass living in a glass house, 
But my question is, this is something for food for, food for thought. So if God has, say, He wants to... Say, God, would, would you want this ministry? Say you, say you would want this so bad that yet you would end up losing everything else. But by that, you would, say, win thousands of people. Would God still... Do you think God would still call you? In other words, would God offer something to you that you could not handle? Will God give you something that He knows deep down in the future? Because God knows all things. So would God give you a talent to, say, play the piano? Would God give you a talent to be able to speak, but yet it would end up being the destruction of you? Can you honestly think about would God give that to you? Would God give that gift to you? And still be able to keep your soul. And yeah, he gave Judas a gift. And Judas, therefore, came with him all the way. But do you think that God knew that from the very beginning that Judas would be the one that would betray him? But he still gave Judas the gift. Right. And and the reason why I'm kind of saying this is I think that as as a as a man of God, if you if you're a, a new babe in, in church and you're wanting to, to go in a different in a new direction with your ministry, I think there should be a time and a preparation. Saul before he became Paul had a, a time of preparation. But the problem is, church, is so many people get so frustrated in that time of preparation that they get they, they, they get a ahead of their calling how many people know people that have gotten ahead of their calling and and yet they they had good they they reaped good fruits in the beginning but before they knew it they they couldn't handle the, the the anointing that god had placed upon them but yet it says that god's gifts are without god's gifts are without repentance i know they have Exactly. You have to develop character. You have to develop. And, and, and a lot of times, that's where I, I've seen growing up in this, that's where I've seen a lot of new converts stray away because they can't handle what God has given them. It's, it's like a, it will keep you up at night. It will keep you going. Uh, I, I can contest that sometimes God will chastise you. I have, been, I have been beaten black and blue by God because of my attitude. And, and I believe God has, there's a time of preparation of making you ready and, and, and getting your attitude in check. Because uh, when you look at the Holy Ghost and you look at this body, there, there's always a time of preparation for you to receive the Holy Ghost. And once you've received the Holy Ghost, that, that time of preparation, there, there's a season to, to everything. There, everything there is a season. Going on to Proverbs 13 and 5, A righteous man hateth lying, but the wicked man is is loathsome and cometh to shame. Brother Hill preached and still has stuck with me for many, many years that the truth will always win. The truth will always win. And and I know sometimes we get so frustrated when we see somebody who's not upholding what they the standard of, 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 of what God has called them to and yet I, I, I have seen it time and time again. The righteous of a man that hateth lying. And so many times, we as Christians, we, we wrap ourselves... I, I know how many people have ever known men or women that, that they, they lie so much they end up believing their own lies. They, they think it's of the truth. They lie so much. And yet, 
I think sometimes uh, it, it just it blows my mind to think of somebody who could could just. I, I know people that to make them sound their self sound more interesting, they lie. They 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 want to they want to sound interesting. It's okay to be boring. It's okay to be boring, but don't make up lies just to make yourself, you know, look good or or act better or be better because God will end up chastising you for this. Um, Verse number 6, the righteous keepeth himself upright in in the way, but the the wickedness overthroweth the the sinner. Uh, In other words, keep away from things that cause you to sin. I say this so many times to new converts. If, If you have something that you know is a stumbling block to you. Don't go around it. If you have friends, if you have family members, and I've preached this behind this pulpit before, don't go around those family and friends and members because they will drag you out and they will end up being stumbling stones. Um, understanding that God is sometimes does not give us something that because of what we want. That And, and this proves so much in, in Proverbs 13 and 7. It says, He that maketh himself rich yet hath nothing, and he that maketh himself poor, yet hath great riches. Um, the, the paradox to this is, he, he that believeth in giving to others will enrich one, but only doing it because it leaves out the unseen factor, which is God. Sometimes, and I, I know people that are in, in social services, they want to do so good to people and, and, and feed the the, the, the hungry and, and house the, the homeless, but yet their intentions, I, I believe sometimes their intentions are in the wrong, motives are wrong, and sometimes when you leave out the whole factor of God, sometimes they want to they wanna pass out a can of soup, but they don't want to tell them about the bread of life. And then a lot of times we need to remind ourselves when we are constantly helping people, and, and, and this church has always been known for helping people, we just don't want to give people twenty dollars and let them walk away. We want to be able to give them food, but we also want to put the bread, the word of God, into them and be able to enrich them. Um, getting away back to the original, uh, my first few comments when I first started uh, is the inspecting or anticipating the sunset. And uh, again, I was telling Brother Robertson, I hope I'm not getting ahead of myself, but. I want to share to you, um, getting away just a little bit for just a moment away from my notes, uh, something that God showed to me. Uh, went, me and my wife recently got to go on a much-needed vacation. We went to Washington, D.C., and I would suggest anybody in here definitely do that at least one time in their life. It's a great, if you're, if you're proud to be an American, it has rich of history. And, and, and I got to go, and I got to see a lot of great things. And while I went, I, I, I told God, I said, God, I want you to, Use this time of rest for me to be able to speak to me on, on what I need to do, the next step I need to do, because I got to a point in my ministry, and, 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 and I know that I'm right on the verge of something great. And I know this church is right on the verge of something great. We have gone through a time period where I believe we are, are at the threshold of, of, of the door, walking through it with a, one of the great revivals that we've ever seen in this church. And I and I, and, I, and talking about being prepared for it, and, and I believe that this church has been in, in a time of preparation for what we can handle. And I believe God, Brother Robertson has told us, sometimes as a church we, we, we think, why aren't we seeing the numbers? Why aren't we seeing the thousands coming in? Because 
God would not give us the thousands unless we were prepared to, to be able to handle the thousands. And I believe this church has been in a time of preparation. I believe this, that all of us, everybody that's in here, has been going through a time of transition. I don't, how many people would raise their hand and say that you, you're in, in transitional time in your life? That, that, that seems like here recently God has been, has been waking you up at night, that, things, that, that, that you can feel it in the spiritual and you can feel it in the air. There's something about to happen. And, and I asked God, I said, God, on this vacation, I said, God, speak to me this time of rest. And, and as I went through all the different memorials and all the different monuments that, that erected to Abraham Lincoln and, and to Washington and all these great presidents that have been in our past. And, and of course, every one of them, without a doubt, pointed right back to, to, to God. It seemed like everywhere you go, they're, they're, in some of their speeches and the way they acted, even in the Constitution and the Bill of Rights, the reason why we, we broke away from, from, from England and, and from them is because we wanted to have the right to be able to, to have the freedom of religion and to be able to, to worship God in the way that we want to worship God. Amen? And, and that's why I love this country. But Brother Robertson, before we left, he, he told all the department heads, he said, I want you to think about anticipating the sunset. And being in church all my life, I've heard it for many years. I'm sure Brother Sister Bolt back there could tell you that she's probably heard it since she's been in church all her life that God is coming back very soon. And, and I've, heard, I've even heard the songs, We Are the Rapture Generation. We, we are the, the ch- church will be able to see the, the coming of God. And, and I've, heard, I've, I've heard people talk about it. I've heard that the 2012, that's going to be it. And I, I've heard 80, well, 84 reasons why God was coming back and 88 reasons why God was coming back in 88. And I, I've, I, I remember as a kid, I, I, I didn't even sleep that night. I, I remember literally hoping that God would not... I would be asleep and God would come back. I, I had that fear as a child because I literally thought God was coming back in 88. And to think about the, the sunset and, and to think about when you, when you think about something that's coming to a close and, and, and to think about all, all those who have, have, have carried the torch and have preached the gospel and gone the extra mile and, and the sister Helga's and all these different places and, and the, the, the move of God that's happening in Russia and all across this country and all across this world. <clears throat> and, and I started thinking about well, how can I play a role? How can this church play a role in, in, the, in the sunset? And how can, how can, how can we be in, in a, a key element of that last church and that last sunset that's getting ready to... to, to, to I don't know about you, but how many's ever just gone to the, anybody ever gone to the ocean and watched the the sunset into the ocean? It's a beautiful time. I got to see it in Palau a couple of times, and and and, and it's 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 really cool because you, you literally when when you see it set into the ocean, it really gives you a perspective. It's it's the end of the day. It's it's the sunset. It's it's going. It's gone. And and I prayed during the whole course of my vacation. And literally on the last day that we were there, I was on our, actually leaving Washington for the last time. We rode the metro. We were actually, it comes out at some point out from underneath the ground. And it and actually up on top of the, of, of, of the cityscape. And I remember looking back in, in the direction of Washington, D.C. And, and the sun was setting. And, and I remember all of a sudden just the thought of what Brother Robertson was saying, anticipating the sunset. And I remember as going on the, this metro, and, uh, and I'm going to be probably talking about this at the department ed meeting, but 
the, the sun, as it was so low to the ground, it was occasionally it would get behind the Washington Monument, and then occasionally it would get blocked by another monument that was there, and then you could see it just little pins of of the, of the sun coming through. And God spoke to me this, and and I and I felt like I needed to tell the church this, that those monuments, and, and God was showing me this in the spiritual realm. There has been many, many men of God and women of God that have carried the torch. And and we can think about the Noma Freemans and the Billy Coles and the different ones that have literally have rocked this world upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. We can think about the Jeff Arnolds and, 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 and all the different ones that have been great evangelists. And God spoke to me that He said this to me, that we have not seen anything yet. The, the revivals that these men had been part of where thousands, where literally thousands of people have received the Holy Ghost. The, the, the revivals that you've seen in the Philippines where thousands of people have received the Holy Ghost. God was showing me that, that we have not seen nothing yet. And then God showed me that these different monuments, these different people that have been, that that their son, and, and we think about that Sister Freeman has passed away and, 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 and Brother Cole has passed away and, and, and these these, this flame being being brought up in church. I've always been talked about it. This carrying the mantle and being able to pass the mantle on to 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 the next generation. And and God showed me that in order for us to be prepared to take that mantle, in order for this church to be able to take the mantle that was one that has been passed to this to this man, the vision that he got in the basement many 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 years ago. And, and and I think about, w- w- am I prepared? God forbid if anything would ever happen to Brother Robertson. But is this church prepared to 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 pick up to pick up the mantle and go forward? Can you honestly ask yourself if 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 it came down that you were the next Paul or you were the next Peter, would you be able or are you too comfortable enough? In your American setting, are you too comfortable enough to be able to sell all that you have and give to the poor and, and just go with what you have? And a lot of you, you, you think in your mind, you're, you're talking nonsense, Rob. But it inspires me to see Brother Krauss, the, the, the passion that's in you. And, and, and yet I see so much more potential in you that you've not even scraped the, 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 not even the surface of what God has in store for us. And for you, and for this, Brother Hill, Brother, Brother Eldar, if I can inspire you more, to do more, to be more, that we cannot just be satisfied with the mere 250 or 300 or 400 or 700 or 800. We need, and, 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 and thank God we have a pastor that isn't territorial enough that we, we, we think, well, this is my backyard or that's your backyard and these are my saints and those are your saints. This man of God is, just wants to see souls saved. And we need not to be comparing ourselves to Brother Kaufman's church or being comparing ourselves to Brother Noel's church. They're our brothers and our sisters. And if, we, if they're getting souls and they're having revival, then we need to rejoice for them. But we need to re- understand that God has something in store for this church as well. And God was showing me. And as the sun set, here I was. And God all of a sudden brought it and says, where are you at at this point, Rob? And I and I thought, well, I'm on literally. When you think about Washington, where is Washington D.C.? It's on the very eastern portion of the country. 
And here the sun was setting in the west. And God spoke to me and said, Rob, think about how much countries left that will see that sunset. People in Washington, you know, I always talk to my brother. My brother will call me. He lives in California. And he'll say, hey, what's going on? It's 7 o'clock at 9. There, it's, it's almost 4. He's like, oh, I said, well, it's dark out. He goes, oh, the sun's still up here. And, and you think about, you know, where the sun is setting and, and how much things are left for this church and, and the body of church to do. There is so much that we need to do before God comes back. There is so much people out there that are hungry they're scared you talk about obamacare and everything everybody just says well you know he's running our country into the ground and 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 everybody just i mean people are scared to come into our hospital and they're scared of losing their jobs but yet does that really matter to you or what where is your where is your focus is it setting a kingdom on earth or is it setting a kingdom in heaven and, and God was showing me that, that even though the sun is setting and we need to do more than we ever have, we need to not forget the past. We need to take as an example the, the Brother Coles and the Sister Noma Freemans and be able to learn from these people. And going back to what I was saying about being offended, it, it, and when we get to a point, and I've been in church almost 30, well, 36, almost 36 years, 35 years, and there's still stuff that I learned. Sister Phyllis, I'm sure there's stuff that, that every day there's, there's the, the Bible is so rich and little nuggets, but yet we come in here and we think we know it all. And, 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 and I'm going to step out on a limb and, and, and I'm going to be closing if the music would go ahead and come. And I'm going to speak this, and Brother Robertson can talk to me afterwards. But we have been blessed. And Brother Robertson said it just a few weeks ago about about actually said it during the, 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 the men's prayer meeting that he's focusing on what, what is now versus what God has given us in the past. God has given us great numbers. When Brother Robertson became pastor, we, we grew and, and, and became a, 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 a thriving church overnight. And, and I want to say to this, we have had gifts in the Spirit. We've had healings. We've had people healed of cancer. We've had, we've had numerous people that have come into this church and have been baptized but we need not to be so vain in ourselves that we think that we got it all. Because we need to continue to constantly thrive for more. If, if, if we need to fast more, we need to fast more. If we need to let something that, that will hinder us from getting what God has totally got for us, we need to understand that God has something more for this church. Not just McCormick's Creek. I'm talking about the church. And, and I don't, there was, I think I'd heard that there was a tongues interpretation talking about the United Pentecostal Church and, and, and the, her, the, the history of. Uh, and if you just newly into this, you, sh- you should get the, the, the story of Azusa Street and how this came about. And, and, and I remember, and, I, and I, every time I get behind this pulpit, I always talk about it. But I remember the stories of Sister Lot, and I remember the stories of Sister Sister White that lived up to her, past into into her hundreds, and and the stories that they had. I don't want to just talk about the revivals that we used to have. We need to start talking about what God is going to get us. We need to stop talking about the days that we used to put holes in the wall and start talking about when we're going to put more holes in the wall. Amen? Not literally. I'm not saying let's not put any holes in the wall. But I'm saying we need to put some more, we need to put some more skid marks on, on the wall. McCormick's Creek, you need to wake up. 
I think we've gotten a little bit too comfortable. And you're saying, well, wow, Rob, you're just, won't you just say what you really mean? I'm really telling you. I feel like our church has gotten in our slumber. And it's because when I first came to this church, we had ex-drug addicts, we had ex-alcoholics, we had, we had people, their lives were just getting turned back right, right upside down, from being upside down, being turned right. And God was dealing with them and they were red hot. And then they came seasoned saints. God help me to never become just a seasoned saint. God help me to never just get so complacent in my, in my ministry that I, I could just sit back and say, well, I baptized these many or I've done this and you know what, I could just kind of hit cruise from here on out and just, you know, but let us, let us look towards the sunset and not be afraid of the sunset. Let's not be, when you hear about the, the coming of Christ, we not, need not to be scared. We, we don't need to be scared that God is coming back. We need to rejoice in the fact that God is coming back. And if you're being, if, if that should be a wake-up call to you, is if you're scared about God coming back, that better be a wake-up call that something's not right. That you better make it right. And as we stand tonight, if you wouldn't mind, if, if we could just again, I, I do this quite often, but if you could just go to the person next to you, if you could just bind together. I'm going to dismiss tonight in prayer. But I've always spoke from my heart, church. I've always been a person that, 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 that I've always felt like I'm an open book. And I want to first be first foremost to say that I felt like that I've let this church down. When I've not listened more to the will of God especially leading the services. Sometimes I get up here and I do it so many times, I just go through the motions. I, don't, I, I, I worry more about the, the mechanics of this service and mechanics of things that need to be done, the offering and the announcements and the birthdays and the anniversaries and making sure this person's right, and that I've gotten so focused on that that I've not focused on the whole purpose, and that is the true will of God. And I, I feel like I've stood in a way sometimes, on a way that God's trying to move, that I, I've been a, almost a stumbling block to the way that this church needs to go and the direction that this church needs to go. It seems like we start to go in the right direction, and I, and I want to say, oh, I, I need to pull it back because, you know, I got this to get done, or I got that to get done. I got to make sure this gets announced. And, and if I need to do more in this next year, and you, you think about t- 2011 is upon us, it'll be here before you even know it. And as we get closer and closer to the end of this year, we need to start preparing ourselves that God could come back at any moment. And we need to, to, to wake up ourselves and not... To, I say this all the time. God, I would rather let God take me out of this pulpit and take me to a place for a season that I can get the truly an anointing where God wants me than just to clench onto this pulpit and get white-knuckled because I feel like it's, it's a position that I don't want somebody to take. And I say to this, that I want to be transparent. I want to be so available to God that God, in whatever direction this church is going, I need to be a person that can, can flow with it and go with it and being able to, to adapt to what God is wanting to do because we got in our mind the way the sunset should be. 
we got in our minds the way that things need to be or the way this church needs to go and the way that this needs to be done and that needs to be done to have revival. But when have we been the authority on what God has in store for us? We need to step out of the way and let God be God and let God have revival and let God be, be reign in everything that we do. You want your finances be to be blessed. Trust on God. If you want to see revival in this church, trust in God. We need to understand that God has a purpose for this church. He's prophesied over this church to be a lighthouse. And we need to take our, our mitts off of it and let it be a lighthouse. We need to stop trying to t- tweak it the way we think it should be. And let God be God. So as we bow our heads, let us pray tonight that we can be one person, one nation, one one group of people, one nation of God, as I speak, and, and one church, one mind, one accord. And let us not bash our pastor. Let us not speak ill of our pastor. But we need to lift up our pastor and his wife more than we ever need to. Because every devil in hell is attacking our pastor. He would love to know, have nothing more than see revival not go forth. But let us be tonight, let us be transparent, let us be more in the will of God. So let us pray right now. Let's, with every eye closed and every head bowed, let's pray right now in the name of Jesus. God, let me be in a vessel, God. God, let me be more in the will and the image of you, God. Lord Jesus, I love you. I appreciate you, Jesus, God. God, let me not be a stumbling block, but let me be a stepping stone. God, I want to be more in the will of you, God. I want to be more that this church could be a vessel that can, can reach out to the thousands, God. Prepare this church, God, for the sunset. Prepare this church, God, to be able to be ready for what you have in store for us, God. Take out the bitterness. Take out the animosity. Take out my will and replace it with thy will, God. I want to love you more, Lord Jesus, God.